Welcome to the Hey Soul Sister podcast, where Mel Histon will guide you through life's big questions and bring you one step closer to doing this crazy journey as best you can. Hey Soul Sisters, long-time listeners of Hey Soul Sister podcast will know that I love spooky stories of ghosts, spirits, the unseen realm, and one of my favourite things to do is curl up with a good book full of ghost tales and stories of the paranormal. And about eight years ago... I was at Sydney Airport getting ready to head to the USA when we could still actually travel. And I was checking out the books in the bookshop and found on the table of books a book called Where Spirits Dwell. And I was like, oh my Lord, I need that book. It's a collection of haunted house and ghost stories by Carino Mercado. And I bought it straight away and it was my travel book where I spent three weeks traveling through the USA and I just loved it so much. And when I came back to Australia, I found out that Karina had written another book, Spirit Sisters, went and tracked that down at the Toronto bookshop, (laughs) about a 40 minute drive from here. And so I am so excited, Soul Sisters, that I have Karina here on Hey Soul Sister podcast today. Hello, Karina. Hello, Mel. And I'm so excited to be here with you and your audience today. Thank you so much for the invitation. Oh, honestly, I, as I was saying to you before we started recording, I've been like so excited that you're coming on, but and a little bit nervous because I'm like, like, you're my favorite author. (laughs) It's so nice to hear. Honestly, that makes my heart sing. And I'm, I just am so grateful. Thank you for the support of my work. You know, any Australian author will tell you that you, you write books for love in Australia, not for, you know, fame or riches. So that just, yeah, that's music to my ears. Thank you so much. Oh, and so you actually wrote Spirit Sisters first. So I found Where Spirits Dwell first, but you actually wrote Spirit Sisters first. Is that right? That's right, Mel. Yeah. So Spirit Sisters came out in 2009 and that was the first of a nonfiction trilogy about spiritual experiences that the so-called ordinary person has. And actually, Spirit Sisters, my first book, was released, re-released this year with a new preface and the new cover. So, yeah, so you can find the updated version this year as well. So it's a book that's so close to my heart and certainly it, it resonates with so many readers. I mean, I get emails to this day from people that have just discovered it and love it. It's one of those, you know, pass it around books, which I, I'm so happy to know. Well, absolutely. And as I was saying before, I actually have passed my copy of Spirit Sisters onto somebody and I can't remember who it is. So I will have to go and, and get a copy of the new version of Spirit Sisters, the updated version, because I, I just love it and where Spirit's Drill as well. So how did you first get interested in spirits and ghosts and the paranormal? Well, I was a very little girl. I was probably about seven years old when I first became interested. And that is kind of the age where a lot of kids begin to wonder about life, death, you know. Some kids kind of go a little bit macabre. Others um, sort of lose themselves in the wonder of it. And that was me. I, For me, there was nothing fearful in it. I just sort of thought how amazing that there is this world that is not of our physical senses there's something outside of it but for me Mel how that that happened that I found that interest was my mum shared some stories with me of moments of premonitions that she'd had in Uruguay which is where I was born in South America 
And she shared those stories with me and it was like they planted a seed. And from then on, I was always a really keen reader and I would look up these books. I wanted to read. I was hungry for those stories, but I wanted true stories. Yeah. Yeah. And so how do you then go about the process of writing a book like that? Because, you know, you have so many different stories. You've obviously interviewed many, many people, many and women predominantly around Spirit Sisters. Like, How did you start on that whole journey? That's a, that's a really good question. And there's always a little bit of magic involved, you know. And for me, my, the magic came through some connections with people. So at the time, I was the books editor at Who magazine. And so oh, I had cool. contact. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> it was a great job for a book lover. Amazing yeah. job. Yeah. And uh, I had contact with a lot of book publicists who would take me out for coffee and pitch, you know, upcoming titles. And there was one lovely publicist that would take me out for coffee and she told some fantastic ghost stories. And to this lady, I said, you know what? I've got this idea to put together a book that contains all women's stories, just like the one you've told me. And I want to call it Spirit Sisters. And she said, oh my goodness, that is such a good idea. Why don't you write a proposal and I'll make sure it gets under the publisher's nose. Nice. I said, would you really do that? And she said, yes. So that all flowed really easily. And me, with certain problems with procrastination that I tend to have from time to time, Mel, it took me a good year to do that, a good year. Wow. But when I finally did it, she was almost about to leave the company, so I was just in time there. I, you know, that's where the magic comes in as well with the timing. And um, she was true to her word. And within a couple of weeks, I had a meeting with a publisher who then went on to become my publisher. Within a couple of weeks, I had a book contract. That is yeah. so cool. Yeah. And then it was a matter of gathering the stories. And back then, so I was researching Spirit Sisters around 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. And I had a, an article, well, sort of a little article in the body and soul section of the Sunday Telegraph in, in uh, New South Wales. And they just mentioned that I was a journalist from Sydney, that I wanted women's experiences of the paranormal. And I can tell you, Mel, it was an influx of stories. They oh. came in through snail mail. They came in immediately, about 120 of them wow. came in via email in the next three days, which I could not believe. There was a hunger for women to tell these stories, to get them off their chest. And I had, you know, letters from women aged in their teens right through to some ladies aged in their 80s. You know, yep. so there was that broad spectrum. And these stories are universal. They cover every sort of category that you can imagine. Yeah. And I wonder as well, if you've had a paranormal experience, the more you talk about it, I wonder if it makes it less scary. You know what I mean? Like I had an experience myself two years ago now, and it really freaked me out. And I have found that the more I talk about it, the less fearful I am around it. And funnily enough, the very first person who ever came on Hazel Sister podcast was Jackie Gillies, the psychic. Yes. I mean, she's lovely. Yeah, Yeah, she's great. And she actually picked up, she's like, what happened in Italy? And she told me like, so, and I'll quickly give you a rundown. So I was, yeah, I was in Italy for a girlfriend's uh, 50th birthday and we had hired a villa in Tuscany and I was the, I think I was the only one there that had a room to myself. Everybody else was coupled up and my, my husband didn't come. He was tied up with work. So I was on my own in this tiny bedroom in this 
Italian villa. And one night I went to bed and I woke up, you know, sometime in the early hours of the morning and I was just kind of lying there just thinking, you know, awake. And all of a sudden I felt somebody lie down beside me and pat me on the back. It was like I had this outer body experience. I was like, I had this old man by the head and I was like, get off me get away from me and he had no eyes and I had like my thumbs were in his eyes and then like you know shoving him away from me and then the next thing I was lying there again and I could just remember the feel of the hair on my fingertips and I was like I was scared I turned on the light and kind of lay there awake for the rest of the night and waiting for my friends to wake up in the other rooms and that really stayed with me. And, and it's funny because I run a domestic violence charity in my, in my day job. So I'm probably really aware as well about this whole uh, boundaries, men and boundaries. So I think that's why I had this such a strong response. Um, but anyway, when Jackie Gillies came on to the podcast, she said to me, what happened in Italy? Something happened there. And she said, I'm getting, she said, the man's here with me. He said his name is Antonio and he's very sorry he scared you. He was confused and thought that you reminded him of his wife. And so he was lying there patting you on the back. Yeah. That is an extraordinary experience. It's so vivid. It still is vivid now. And I was like petrified, but I find now the more that I can talk about it, it becomes less of a scary experience. Yes. And I think, did it help you to hear Jackie's interpretation of what happened? Did that sort of help put it to bed in a sense? Absolutely. 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 I was like, oh, okay, that's good. You know, because I'd had somebody else say to me, he was a, that was a demon. It was a demon attacking. And I was like, well, it didn't feel like that. It did. It was like, almost like this, like maternal pat on the back. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. Sorry. I stopped going on about my story, but. (laughs) Thanks for sharing that Mel. And um, I'm used to people sharing their stories with me and I always welcome it. Because, you know, it's, you just never know what nugget of wisdom you can hear in them as well. Yeah, absolutely. And so, Karina, have you had many experiences yourself? Well, I actually haven't had many. There was something that happened in the old house that we used to live in, in Rockdale in Sydney, that was sort of one of the other paths parallel to the stories and the love of the stories, one of the other paths that led me to write Spirit Sisters. And that had to do with some uh, things that my husband saw in the house. Yeah. And Whereas I didn't, which you would have read about in Spirit Sisters, I didn't see these apparitions. So for anybody who's not read the book, my husband saw three apparitions. After years of living peacefully in the home, suddenly these full-blown, he saw a a woman, a little girl and a little boy at different times. And they were very solid, actually. And I didn't see them, but I felt the change in the home. Yeah. And I could, and there was some toys turning on in the middle of the night and crashing over and some sort of, you know, poltergeisty style phenomena as well. And I've had a few little things here and there, like some mini, mini forms of sleep paralysis. And sometimes, you know, I've heard something and then I'll wake up, but it's always in that in-between land where I think I'm not sure if I was asleep or awake. Yeah. I've not had anything as vivid, for instance, Mel, as what you have just described yeah, and I've not seen uh, an apparition or had an out-of-body experience that I can remember anyway. Yeah, yeah. And did that terrify your husband, that experience, or was he kind of okay with it? 
He was okay with it. He, my sense with my husband is that he has these mediumistic abilities, but he's not ready to accept them. And in his case, that those appearances were triggered by him beginning to meditate for relaxation. And certainly meditation opens the door to many things for a lot of people. And for him, it opened the door to these kinds of, you know, mediumistic skills. And he, he, he wasn't scared, but I think he was resistant, put it that way, resistant. So he didn't want to see them. They didn't frighten him in any way. And yep. for instance, the first apparition he saw the little boy, he said he actually felt like it was a nice thing to see. This lovely little boy just appeared, a little boy from the past, dressed in clothes from the past, and he wasn't afraid at all. And yep. that's something that I've heard time and again with my interviewees, you know, they will say, many of them, not all of them, obviously, many of them will say, I wasn't afraid. So it isn't this idea of the Hollywood, you know, get up and flee in the middle of the night. Although I have heard a story where that indeed has happened as well. Yeah, yeah. But not as often as you think, yeah. And so I think I read somewhere in your book you were, and I think it was um, where you had talked about your husband's experiencing those apparitions, that some people seem to have that gift, but it is something that you can develop. It is something, I believe you can develop it, but I don't know if you're ever going to get to that, you know, that stage yeah. where you will see, you know, in the style of Patricia Arquette in Medium or The Ghost Whisperer. I, I don't know if you remember those old shows. Yeah, the, I used to love those. The 2000s, the 2000s maybe they were. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But yes, I do believe that you can develop and there are things that you can do to tune in to whatever is out there and I call it the divine you know you can call it God you can it's it's the great spirit as the Native Americans call it and everything emanates from that and you can you can tune in and I think it's it's very comforting you know I often share with with people who've lost a loved one that you can let them know that you love them just by thinking of them, just yeah. by thinking of them. The, that love works as a bridge between you both. And I love that. I think it's in Where Spirits Dwell and you talk about people who have lost loved ones and there was a woman in particular who had lost her baby boy to SIDS and oh, she would yeah. see white butterflies. And I actually lent that to a girlfriend of mine who had lost a baby boy as well. And she has said to me, cause I thought that might give her a bit of comfort and um, she loved it. And she said to me, do you know what? I see white butterflies and I always think of Joshua when I see that. So I go, that really, I think was lovely and gave her some comfort too. Thank you for sharing that Mel. That is, you know, truly gratifying to hear. And I am a firm believer in the healing power of sharing our stories and we do need to share them. You know, they don't really release their full healing power if we don't share them we keep them close to our hearts so that's why I love the idea that you passed the book to her and it helped her in her own journey of of you know grief yeah and for people to share their stories you know it's really there's that level of being brave because it can be really tough to open up you know in this instance around spiritual or ghostly experiences but you know just generally to open up and share stories about yourself you know you have to have that level of being brave and and overcoming feeling of of being exposed yeah absolutely and I've been writing about this material for you know many years now as I said I began to research around 2007 and I still you know, we'll hear those opening lines from people. You're going to think I'm crazy or I've never told anyone this. 
that still happens. There's still a lot of fear around re revealing these kinds of experiences, although less so, you know, but it's still yeah. there, unfortunately. But we're getting there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's get soulful on social media. Search the Sister Code Facebook page and follow us on Instagram. What made you decide to go ahead and write a second book? Well, Spirit Sisters was a bit of a surprise bestseller and it really, it, it was, it blindsided me, it blindsided my publisher. You know, we could not believe the response to this book. And so then we decided to, to release a follow-up because obviously there are people, there's a market there that loves the stories and it's, it's giving something to them, you know. And we, so we decided that I'd do more of the haunted, because I've always been fascinated by haunted houses. You know? Yeah. And so we thought we'd go there and explore haunted houses. So Where Spirits Dwell covers uh, hauntings within Australia primarily, but there is also a chapter where I travel to England because I love England and I've been there a couple of times and with my sister who, who also loves England and we explored some amazing places. And uh, so we covered sort of our little, it was like a little haunted travel section there. I bet. I bet. Did you, now, did you go to the tower in London? I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I remember reading that. Yeah. Yeah. We went to the tower, which is an, an astounding experience. I mean, it's just so extraordinary to think a building has been there for a thousand years. You know, that is something that in Australia, like it is in particular, it's hard for us to wrap our heads around. Yeah. A lot of dead people there. <laughs> a lot, a lot of, of dead people. <laughs> a lot of beheadings. <laughs> a lot. Oh yes. Everything went on in there. Yeah. Yeah. So during your writing of Spirit Sisters and Where Spirits Dwell, and I know that you've just released another two books. Well, Love Never Dies was the third and the final one in that. Oh, okay. Trilogy. And so yep. that came out six years ago, Love Never Dies. And we were talking about the, the stories of the loved ones before. So that's a yep. whole book about experiencing your loved one. Yep. I have not read that one yet. It's on my list though. That'd be oh, my next book. Like <laughs> I think you'll enjoy it, Mel. <laughs> so out of those books, what would be maybe a couple of the most memorable stories that you think of? Oh, goodness. And it's like picking between my children, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, there are always a couple that do stay with me, as you say. So in Spirit Sisters, and no doubt you'll know this one, Mel, there's the story of the family. And it's one of the first stories in the book, and it's called The Family. And it's about, well, she was a young woman when I interviewed her, but when the experience happened, she was a child of about seven or eight and she'd gone over the road, Amy, her name was, is Amy. She'd gone over the road to have a sleepover at her friend's house. And she'd done this many times, you know, the neighbours were closed. She'd often hang out there. And on this particular night, they did nothing different to what they usually do. So playing games, Barbies, hide and seek, whatnot. They, the girls got tired and then they went to bed. And the girls slept together in a single, a king single bed that was flush up against a wall. And Amy was sleeping not on the wall side, on the other side. And in the middle of the night, she got up to go to the toilet. And she was never afraid because, as I said, she spent a lot of time in this home. So she got up to go to the toilet with no problem whatsoever, went, came back to the bedroom, got back into bed, and then was just sort of snuggling, you know, putting the blankets over, getting comfortable again. Her friend was asleep against, the, you know, facing the wall. And then as Amy was in that, you know, moment of getting comfortable, she saw three people standing in front of her and it was clearly a family. They were dressed in sort of turn of the century clothing and it was a, a father, a mother and a little boy. And they were all sort of standing in a row in front of her. 
and it was a bit of a stare off, you know, they just, Amy stared at them. They stared at her. Nobody broke the spell until the little boy sort of tugged at his mum's arm or something. And she bent down and said, you know, it's like, yes, darling. And he asked her something. Now, Amy couldn't hear what he asked her, but she saw him say something to his mum and then the mother nodded. And then with her nod, he took a step forward and with his little finger poking out, he just went to prod her on the leg as if saying, what are you? Can I touch this? Who or what is this? And at that, that kind of broke the spell and Amy freaked out and threw the covers over her head. She didn't scream because she didn't wake up her friend. She just threw the covers over her head and tried to go back to sleep. And eventually she did. And in the morning she told her friend's parents and they, they sort of said, oh, you were dreaming. She knew she wasn't dreaming. And then when she went over the road and told her own parents and her parents believed her because she had already had experiences in the home. So that's an example of a story that I love because it very much speaks to this idea of who is haunting who. You know, it's like in the world of the family, Amy could have been the ghost. <laughs> It's like that movie, The Others, you know, with Nicole Kidman. And it's like, you're watching that movie thinking, oh, well, Nicole Kidman's home is haunted. And actually, they're the ghosts. It's so clever that it gives me goosebumps. That is one of my all-time favourite contemporary ghost movies. I also love The Sixth Sense. And they were released. The Others came a year after The Sixth Sense. But wonderful films. And they do a really good job of portraying that that inter- you know, it's an intermeshing of the two worlds, you know. Yeah. Well, I've been reading um, Dr. Brian Weiss, Many Lives, Many Masters, you know, and he's talking about those messages that he gets, got from the masters via Catherine, who was, um, if, you, if you haven't read Many Lives, Many Masters, Dr. Brian Weiss, a fascinating book about hypnotherapy and past life regression. That's right. So he talks about, um, you know, the, some of the messages that he got from the masters were around, you know, different dimensions. And really, yeah, I suppose that's a different way of looking at it is, you know, it, it is different dimensions and maybe they, they do cross over in some Absolutely. way. Absolutely. And the more I explore this material, and I'm very interested in near-death experiences at the moment as well, and perhaps there might be a book around that at some point, the more I learn that there actually is no death. Mm. And so we call it that here, and certainly we grieve it and feel its pain here, of course. But the idea is more of a transformation. It's a transformation. And, um, and I'm an immigrant. You know, I was two years old when my family moved from Uruguay here. And it's almost like immigration. You know? yeah. 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 Want to save your soul? Review us on Apple Podcast. Can I share with you two of my favourites? stories yeah when I think about where spirits dwell in spirit sisters I there are two stories that I always think about actually three one of them's Stockton and that's because Stockton's part of Newcastle and I'm in Newcastle sitting here in Newcastle podcast station so Stockton's just over the way about a 10 minute drive away so um I do love that story as well but my first one is the story of Charlotte, the woman when she was in her 30s and she went and spent the night on this, I think it was Australia Day night, she went and spent the night at Hyde Park Barracks with her friends. And then 
about a year or so later, she started experiencing all these things in her home that over the year, like a space of 10 years became more and more terrifying. And and it was interesting as well in the story, she talks about the escalation to one night, there was like a wind and a tornado in her room and, or, or, and hearing a man's voice like leaning over her, you know, really scaring her. And then she contacted Rob Tilly, who is, uh, I guess, like a psychic investigator who came and did the clearing. And he said, well, there were three criminals, convicts. So that night that she'd spent at Hyde Park Barracks, that she'd had this experience and three criminals had attached themselves to her, latched onto her. And that they were like, well, I love how he said they were bullies in in life and they became bullies in death. So they have been bullying her in her own home for years. So they're not aware. You could, you could speculate that they're not aware of their own death. So they're just, they're not evolving as souls. You know, they will eventually, but we have free will and they, we have to accept that that behavior is not serving ourselves or others. And obviously they hadn't reached that point. It's so interesting that not even death will make you wake up. Yeah, and become yeah. accountable, you know, to your actions. It's so interesting. But yeah, that's a great story. And Charlotte is a very gentle soul. I remember her very well. And I went to that home and I interviewed her. And she's a lovely, small woman, softly spoken, very intelligent, a very good person. And I guess she was not aware of this innate mediumistic talent in her. And something drew those men. I guess that, you know, what Rob said about them being bullies, you know, they found this vulnerable, soft woman Mm. and they went with her. Yeah. Yeah. That story really stuck with me. And the other one as well was a story of a woman in Melbourne. I think her name was Kylie. And she started to get the sense that someone was watching her and in the shower and in her bedroom and as though I can't remember there was something like maybe she might have heard a yelling or there was something she was getting the um she was smelling the cigarette smoke as well and yeah yeah that's right so she was starting to go there's something not right here and then she had reached out to I think a priest to bless the house that didn't work and then she reached out to a young Irish woman that's right yeah who was like came in and, and she found two spirits, one of a man. And I remember, isn't it funny what you remember? His name was Jim. And he, in the book, it said that he had some sort of limp or he had a disability and that yep. she had some sort of disability in her leg. And That's he right. had seen her and followed her home because he was attracted to her. He thought that he, exactly. he could court her. But then the psychic Maria found another really horrible male spirit in the bedroom. That was the one that had been tormenting her. Yes. And it's very interesting. You bring up a really interesting point there about the resonance. Like there's often, you know, cause I I've wrestled with that question. Why do some people see spirits and why do some people see certain spirits? And it does seem to be a two way conversation in many respects as well. You know, so yeah. yes, it's in, in that case with Kylie and her story of her haunted Melbourne apartment, it was that they both shared some kind of uh, disability in the leg. And that's so interesting that that, you know, doesn't, death is but a veil. I mean, we still seek for those connections. And we can even go back to the bullies and Charlotte and speculate mm. that perhaps those men deep down really just wanted, you know, a kind of a mother figure or they, you know, something that they weren't even prepared to look at. But there was some resonance between 
Charlotte and them. And it's clearly not that Charlotte was a bully. She's the opposite. Yeah. So what was it? It's very, very interesting, that point that you, you bring up in that story, which is a great one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I remember when I was reading the story of Kylie and, you know, the two male spirits that, that were in there and, was, and the, the nasty spirit, I think she was having a party one summer night and he had found his way to the party. I remember reading those story going, is that really what's going on? And as you said, in this veil between worlds, between our physical reality and a spiritual realm, that there really are spirits that are roaming around watching us and going, hang on, I'm going to follow that girl home. I like the look of her. Or, um, yeah, I I found that really well. That's interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. But as you said, it does boggle the brain. You think, can this possibly be? But I think we only see a tiny segment of, you know, quote unquote reality. And we only, you know, in my podcast, Spirit Sisters, because I I launched a podcast to celebrate the 10th anniversary of Spirit Sisters last year. I've interviewed some amazing women and one of them, Linda Kramer, she tells an amazing story about a spirit that was in her home for three days and she was a young girl who had died in a car accident and would not accept that she was dead. She would not accept it. And Linda was trying to help her and she offered to, you know, help her pass on to the light and where she would find her family again. So apparently this girl had passed away in the 1970s and this girl refused. And she actually just walked out of Linda's door as if she was a person with physical arms and legs to do so. So she could be one of those that's not willing to accept, like the bullies, I guess, who is roaming still to this day. But there is always help for them. They're never entirely lost, but they do need to make a decision to, uh, to, to seek that help. Yeah. Want to fill your soul with more? Go to thesisterco.com. So, Karina... Love Never Dies, because I haven't read that book. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so Love Never Dies was born of my idea to make an entire book of these stories that I only had the scope to dedicate a chapter each to in uh, Spirit Sisters and Where Spirits Dwell. Each of them have a chapter about the, the passing of loved ones and how we go on to sense the spirit of our loved ones or how our loved ones reach out to us. And there are so many different ways that they do that. And so I wanted to put together a book full of these stories because I realised that more and more my work was leading me in a direction where I really just wanted to offer hope and healing to people through the sharing of these stories to come back to earlier in our conversation, Mel. So, So I decided to do that. And it was really interesting because... I didn't think I would, even though I always had the idea to finish the trilogy with with the idea of a book about love and how our loved ones reach out. My original publisher didn't want to do it because Where Spirits Dwell, interestingly, didn't do anywhere near as well as Spirit Sisters. So they thought that perhaps the craze or the fascination had died down amongst the public. And so they wanted to move on to a different idea. But then I, it just interesting turn of events came about where another publisher was interested in pursuing this idea of the love stories. And they are love stories, you know, even though one party's on the other side. Yeah. Well, I cannot wait to get my hands on that. And isn't that funny? I go, I just love, I'm going to hold this up here again. I just love where spirits dwell. I love spirit sisters. I can't wait to read Love Never Dies. And Soul Sisters, if you're listening, look up Karina Mercado. Karina, how can people get your books, get their hands on your beautiful books? 
Oh, thank you so much, Mel. So if they could visit my website, karinamachado.com, there are links there. The new version of Spirit Sisters is very easy to find because it's in physical bookshops. The other two are harder to find as physical books now, but all three of my books are available as eBooks on Amazon com.au and uh, also audiobooks, which I narrated myself, which oh. was quite an enjoyable experience. Yeah. So if you want to hear me tell you the ghost stories, <laughs> yep. you can go to Audible and get my audiobooks. Great. And also say so you have your podcast, Spirit Sisters, as well. Yes. Oh, yes. And I'd invite anyone who uh, loves a fascinating story to go on there because I am amazed by the ladies that come on the show. Although having said that, here's a scoop, Mel. I I'm looking to have a gentleman on the Spirit Sisters podcast for the first time. And he tells an astounding story of a love that continues with his twin flame, his wife, after she passed away. Wow. So it's a beautiful story. And I, I'm really looking forward to sharing that in the coming month or so. Yeah. Well, I will look forward to hearing that one. I'm really interested in that. I, um, do you follow Esther Hicks at all? I know her work. Yeah, so I've listened to a few of her YouTube videos and she talks about Jerry because her husband Jerry dies and she talks about she can feel him just around her all the time. So um, I'm a bit fascinated by that as well. I look forward to hearing that episode of Spirit Sisters. Oh, well, thank you so much, Mel. And it's been a delight to be on your show. I'm so grateful. Yeah, oh, thank lovely. you. Do you know what? I was so chuffed when I reached out to you and said, would you like to come on Hey Soul Sister? Again, I love all things, you know, the paranormal and um, love to share that. And I love your books. Your writing is so beautiful and, and your words really paint a picture for every story. So I'm really grateful that you could come on Hey Soul Sister. Oh, thank you, Mel, and thank you for reading my books. It really means the world to me. Thank you. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Hey Soul Sister with Mel Histon. What would help you on your crazy life journey? Email melissa at thesistercode.com.